Dr. Emily Funk Reynolds, and you are listening to the Confessions of a Young Doctor podcast, where we are striving for a balance at work and at home so that we can be the best for our patients, our family, and most importantly, for ourselves. Hi, Dr. Friends, and happy 2021. We made it. We finally got over that 2020 hurdle. And it's been a crazy year, and I think we all have a lot of positive expectations and hope for 2021. Um, One thing that I am very excited about is the fact that I can finally say I will be finished with residency this year. And in 2021, I will graduate from my residency program and finally get to go out into the wild, into the real world. So with that, my job search for after residency is officially in full swing now that we are in January of 2021. So I thought this would be a great time to go over some of my tips and helpful information for building a resume and I think this is important because a lot of the information that is out there when it comes to building a resume is more geared towards corporate business type individuals and Um, While there are definitely some common themes that go across all resumes, I think for doctors, um, the format and the information that you want to provide is slightly different. And it's important to point out those differences and tailor your resume in a way that is appropriate. And I think for most of us, we have at this point had some experience with designing a resume, but Our resumes were maybe geared towards getting into professional school or residency or fellowship and kind of just climbing up that academic ladder and not necessarily just applying for a general job. And there are a few slight differences with that that I think it's important to point out so that you can tailor your resume in such a way to not only make you a desirable candidate for those who may be looking, but also so that you can present yourself in a way that will allow you to get the kind of jobs in the kind of work environment that appeals to you. So we're going to break this down into a couple different sections. And in terms of what to do first, it's really up to you. So you can either start with the content or start with the format. So what I mean by that is you can start by just writing things down and then worry about making it look pretty later. Or you can kind of come up with your format and template and just fill in the information accordingly. Personally, I like to do a little bit of both. So my first kind of, I guess, tip is to 
make sure that your resume is aesthetically pleasing and pre- presents the information in a clear and digestible way um, that is also visually appealing. So what I did is I went on to this website called Canva. It's C-A-N-V-A dot com. And Canva, you may have heard of it, has a lot of templates for basically all different kinds of things um, from social media posts to flyers, um, pretty much anything you can think of. Someone on Canva has made a template of it before and it's all free. So what I did was I went to Canva and you do have to sign up um, with a Gmail account or um, a different email, but it's again completely free. They have a version that you can pay for, but you do not need to. Um, And being on our resident budget, I know that is super appealing. So Canva is free. So if you go on there and you just type in resume, um, a whole bunch of super stylized, super aesthetic resume templates will come up. And um, some of them, I would say, are probably a little bit too stylized um, with a lot of color and kind of funky designs. And um, while they look great, I think that um, some are just a little bit too out there uh, for our field. Maybe if you were, you know, in marketing and design, they would be great, but Um, They also have a lot of great ones that are simple, um, mostly white background with just a little bit of flair and are laid out in a very concise and clear way. So what I did was I used one of these templates and I'm going to be making a post on social media with the template that I used and showing you kind of step by step how to do this. Um, So definitely look for that. It will be posted on the Instagram page at doctor.confessions if you want to see kind of a visual representation of this. Um, But otherwise, just log on to Canva yourself and see the templates that they have. So I am kind of the person that likes to have the template first. So I was in that group that picked the template and then kind of build in the information. But again, if you want to fill, write out everything and just kind of like brain dump all of your accomplishments and career and education history first, that is totally okay. Um, Whatever works best for you with your brain. So in general, just in terms of formatting, I would try to keep the background of your resume mostly white um, and include a little bit of color, but probably not more than two other colors. I think this is just a pretty safe way to add some style and aesthetic without, you know, looking unprofessional. Um, The other important thing is font size. So generally you want to stay in a font between sizes 10 to 12. Um, and you want to make sure that the font that you choose is easy to read. Um, 
this seems like something that should go without saying, but sometimes fonts that we like are maybe not super easy um, to read. And a big thing too is the spacing between letters and lines. You just want to make sure that there is enough white around your letters and around your lines of text so that anybody reading it is going to be able to tell right away what the words say. And again, this is something really simple, but can make a big impact in terms of the way that your resume looks. So don't be worried about certain fonts looking boring. Um, I would definitely stay away from any like scripty, cursive-y type fonts um, and just try to keep it basic and easy to read. At the risk of making myself look like a total font weirdo, I will say that I went into the weeds a little bit on this and I actually found a study about um, comparing fonts with serif versus those without. Um, so what serifs are, are those kind of like little twirly things, little marks on the end of letters that add um, a little bit more definition to the letters so that would be something like a times new roman you know how it has kind of the little curves on the ends of um the letters uh, and then fonts that are sans serif are those that don't have those kind of accent marks and that would be something like an aerial um font that we commonly see in you know word those are two examples and um the study was actually looking at if there was a difference between readability of fonts on resumes with and without serifs, and they actually found that there was no difference between serif and sans serif fonts. However, there was a difference between spacing um, and the amount of spacing around words and letters so it's really important to just make sure that you have adequate spacing between your words and lines um, so that it's easy to read as possible and a good way to do this is by making sure that you aren't using too small of a font um, and often I think most of us end up using really small fonts when we try to cram everything onto one page. So that kind of brings me to my next topic, which is how long should your resume be? Now, for us as young doctors, I'm going to bet that you don't have a long work experience, career history, and a ton of things to put on your resume. So I would say your resume should definitely not be longer than two pages and maybe um, only one page. Mine personally is one page right now. Um, but I think the tricky part comes when you write everything out and it ends up being like a page and a half. And at that point, you kind of need to decide if you want to try to get it onto one page or stretch it out to two. Now, obviously it depends and every resume is different, every person is different, but my inclination would be to get it down to one page. And 
The reason for that is because generally, if you try to make it to two pages, you're going to be adding in fluff. Adding in stuff that doesn't matter, is not relevant to the job that you are searching for, um, or is just kind of like half-truth or more detail than is necessary. And I think instead of adding to your resume, that stuff really takes away from it. So you want to make sure that overall, your resume is clear and concise and everything that's on there is relevant to the job that you are applying for. So that being said, I wouldn't try to add a bunch of stuff to make it look longer and don't make your font huge or super space everything out um, above what would be aesthetically pleasing. Now, the challenge comes in cutting things out. So I think a lot of us initially when we go to write everything on our resume probably put down more than is really necessary or is really helpful. So I know that when we were, you know, applying to get into our doctoral programs, we were trying to put as much on that resume as possible, you know, really make it look like you're into everything and um, have all the accomplishments and involvement, right? But I don't think that's necessarily the case for when you are applying to an actual job. So some of that, it's time to cut. And um, my best advice for doing that is something that I actually heard once, I think on another podcast, um, about editing your resume and what they recommended is write down everything um everything that you think you know might be relevant and then think about what that employer is looking for so once you have everything then it's time to do a little research on the practice or the organization that you're looking to get a job with and find out what their philosophy is and what uh, things they value in their practitioners or as a group. And you want to make sure that you target your resume toward that kind of vision. So imagine that you are the person who is looking to hire and think of what kinds of things you would want as that potential employer. So once you have that kind of in mind, what you're going to do is take two highlighters. So take one highlighter, one color, pick a color, and highlight all the things on your resume of all the stuff that you've listed that is definitely relevant to the job. And then just go through, highlight things if they're super relevant. And if they're not, just leave them. Then you're going to take the next color and highlight things that are somewhat relevant to the job. So then you're going to end up with two different colors of highlighter on a bunch of different things. And honestly, you're probably going to end up with a lot of white. And that white stuff 
is the stuff that it is okay to cut and it just makes it very clear um and more evident which things are not really adding much to your resume while they might not be hurting you um and you might be very proud that you were you know treasurer of the whatever club when you were in dental school um it's really not going to be relevant to your job in the future. And that is the perfect example of something that you should cut. So, and I think you'll probably find that if you get rid of that fluff stuff, most of you are going to be able to fit all of your resume on one page and make it look clear and concise. So for the most part, I would venture to say that pretty much your college extracurricular activities and maybe even your dental, medical, PT, whatever school activities are probably not super relevant to your job unless they were something pretty influential. Like if you were the class president of, you know, your medical school, then heck yes, put that on there. If you were chief resident in your current program, put that on there. If you had some kind of national position in, you know, organized dentistry, medicine, physical therapy, whatever, um, those are things that you're going to want to put on there. But, you know, if you were president of the baking club, that's awesome, and I'm sure you had a lot of fun with it, um, but not super important to a potential job and a potential employer, and that's the kind of stuff that was great when you were applying to school or to residency to show that you're involved and that you have leadership skills, um, but maybe not so much at this point in your career. All right, so then what are the things that you want to put on your resume? Well, first, obviously, your education. And your doctoral education should be the most prominent of those. Um, or your specialty, if you are a specialist and in specialty training. The others, like your college, um, you want to keep pretty brief just put you know the time that you attended the location and maybe your grade point average or if you graduated with honors um, I would list that um, as well as if there's anything of major note like I said like if you were class president or something like that you might want to add that in your education section as well but minor kind of clubs and activities that you did I would leave those off. And pretty much the convention for resumes is to do things in reverse chronological order. So the most recent education um, would be at the top and then you would go back um, all the way to your college and definitely do not put your high school on there. Um, while that's great, it's just not, not what is normally done. Um, so after education, the next category 
is any certifications that you have. So any board exams or national certifications that you have acquired, as well as any state licensure that you have. Um, If you have the license to practice in a certain state, you definitely want to put that down. If you have multiple states, um, then definitely put that as well, um, because that could be appealing to a potential employer knowing that you won't have to go through the licensure process with them. You're already set to go. Next would be your employment history. Um, So when you do these, again, starting with reverse chronological order, your most current position um, back to the earliest one Um, and when you put them you always want to put your position um, the organization or institution that your position was with um, as well as list your responsibilities Um, and that can be both clinical and administrative so for example um, you know your position could be a resident um, at what hospital um, and then your responsibilities would be you know your treatment of patients as well as anything else you have to do kind of administratively Um, a good thing that you could also include is your procedure mix or types of procedures that you perform And um, if you're certified in a certain method or you have experience doing something that is maybe not the standard of care um, that could make you more marketable, I would definitely include that under um, each position where you kind of learned that technique and where you have done it. When it comes to listing out these things, you want to make sure that the first bullet point under each position is kind of the most powerful and um, make sure that none of your bullet points are more than two lines long. Ideally, you would want them to be, you know, one to two lines, um, one line if possible, but resumes are all about keeping things clear and concise. If, you know, the person has extra questions for you. Those are things that you can talk to them about in an actual conversation or if they request more information. But with your resume, you just want to give a general idea of things that you have done and have the ability to do. Um, Another thing with these bullet points is the use of power words. Um, This is something that is talked about a lot when it comes to more corporate business style resumes and basically power words are just verbs that you use in sentences to make them sound better or more impactful um so instead of just like did this did that it's like organize this develop this led this blah 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 and um i'm sure you guys are probably familiar with them but if not you can just google power words and a whole list of awesome power words that you can use to just kind of make a more impactful statement with those bullet points will come up and i would encourage you 
to utilize those just because at this point I think most people do. Um, so if you don't, it just makes your resume seem a little bit lackluster. So then another common section um, or additional things that you could include would be any journal articles that you have published, any awards or grants, presentations or research that you've done. Um, and again, I think this kind of depends on A, how impressive your research is and B, what kind of job are you applying for? So if you are applying to a teaching university um, that publishes a lot of literature and expects its faculty to publish literature, then I think you would definitely want to include um, your research in any publications that you have. However, if you are, you know, applying to kind of a private practice style office that is not really involved in research of any kind, then you may not need to include that. If you have done some awesome research, I think you should include it regardless. Um, but if you kind of just did research as a requirement for your graduate program or to be able to get into some type of residency and it's not really published or of note, um, I think that's something that you can probably just leave off in the interest of space. Other things that you might want to include um, are if you speak multiple languages um, or anything that would make you more marketable as a provider. Of course, you want to make sure that your accurate contact information is on there. Um, and I would definitely provide a phone number as well as an email. Um, and some people say that you can also um, put a line that like references available upon request. I don't really feel that you need to Put specific references and their contact information on your resume. I think it's something that if an employer did want from you, that they should be comfortable asking. Um, so that was kind of my view on it. But again, if you do feel like you want to list the contact information for your references and you have their permission to do so, um, then you could certainly do that. Um, another thing that is sometimes talked about is whether to put on your hobbies or pastimes. And again, I think um, this is kind of optional. I wouldn't go too crazy with the information that you include in there. However, you know, it could provide some type of common interest with you and the potential employer. If you have the space for it and you want to include a line or two, I think that is totally fine, um, but it's not really a must for me. All right, so once you have all of that written in and formatted in a way that you are happy with, the kind of final and I think most important step is to print it out. And um, if you don't print it out, at least convert it to a PDF and look at it this way. Um, sometimes just when you're looking at things in Word or on the computer, you 
are way more likely to miss mistakes. I find that when I look at something printed out without any, you know, formatting marks or anything on it, I am much more inclined to find typos or things that I just kind of glossed over. Um, this is also really important. Um, if you did use a little bit of more stylistic formatting, you want to make sure that that comes out the way that you were envisioning it. Particularly if you used colors, make sure that they are colors that will still look okay if the resume is printed in black and white and you want to make sure that your margins are all right. Um, just basic things uh, to make sure that it still looks crisp, clean, and professional no matter who is looking at it and how they are looking at it. And then just ask somebody to look over it for you. Um, it doesn't have to be someone who is, you know, in the medical field. It's great if it is someone in your profession, um, but if not, you really just want someone to look it over, make sure that it makes sense and that the points that you are trying to portray come through. All right, so that is going to do it for all of my doctor resume tips and tricks. Like I mentioned, um, keep a lookout for that post over on Instagram with kind of a visual representation of this. And I hope this can be a bit of a guide for you guys and help as you start looking for your first jobs or to make your first job switch um, early on in your career. There is definitely that transition from the academic mindset to the workplace mindset. So I hope this is of great help to you guys. And if it is, the best way that you can repay me is to give the podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends so that more and more people can continue to benefit from the podcast and that we can reach as many young doctors as possible. So I appreciate you guys and I hope you're having an awesome start to 2021 and I will catch y'all in the next one.